Well, babe, we did it. We wrote a book. Yeah, man, it's it's actually surreal to even think about uh, that we wrote a book, had a baby, got married, not necessarily in that order. <laughs> <laughs> but the book is now available yeah. for pre-order, and we're so excited to share it with you. Oh, so looking forward to getting this book into your hands, to be in dialogue and conversation with all of you as we continue to liberate love from old imprints and codependent dynamics that keep us small, stuck, and stagnant. Yeah, you know, no matter your relationship status, this book walks you through what shaped you, why do you do what you do in relationship. It dives deep into your relationship blueprint, attachment styles, and most importantly, which is different than every other book that's ever covered codependency in the past, we explore the role of the nervous system in that. And the book is called Liberated Love. Yeah. Release your codependent patterns and create the love you desire. Go to createthelove.com slash liberated love to order your copy now. That's createthelove.com slash liberated love and get that pre-order in and you'll be able to get a free download of a meditation we created and a workbook that goes along with it. Much love and appreciation for your support. Much love. Thank you. I did this to Kai when we first started dating. I was resolving my avoidance and fear of closeness. She was expressing something exciting about the future. Like, oh, I can't wait to travel here or visit this with you. And I was like, let's get to the third day first. And I could tell I totally took the air out of our relationship tires. I like, I took the momentum out in that moment and I could tell what I was doing was trying to protect myself from being too excited about her and protect her from having too much excitement about me because I might let her down or I might hurt her or whatever it might be. And I am Im- immediately. Hi, my name is Mark Groves and I'm obsessed with understanding human behavior and why we do what we do. In this podcast, I interview the world's most brilliant minds and hearts where I get to explore alongside you every subject you can imagine relating to our human experience and how we relate. It is my deepest intention that we all learn how to create the life and love that we've always dreamt of. Now, before we get rolling, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. And one ask that I have, and an amazing way that you can help support the podcast is by wherever you listen to it, giving it a five-star review and a written review. With all that said, let's dive in and transform our lives. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mark Rose Podcast. This is a solo episode coming at you and it's by special request. My friend um, Kelsey sent me this TikTok video and she was like, listen, this type of behavior is rampant in the dating world and it's rampant in my dating life. Can you speak to it? And so we had a little back and forth and I was like, all right, I'm going to do a podcast episode on this if it's something that, well, listen, I know it's something that is rampant in the world of relating. It doesn't just have to be dating. We're going to talk a little bit about why this is true. So let me first just read off what is expressed in the TikTok video. Now, it's this woman sitting with her hands back, kind of like, you know, like tired of the dating world. And in it, there's text that goes over top and it says, when you caught feelings yesterday because he was giving boyfriend vibes and calling you baby, but now he doesn't want to talk today. If you're listening to this, maybe you're the person who has had that where someone goes hot cold, they're acting like a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a partner, right? And it doesn't matter the gender. This can be our experience of the people we're dating, you know, and they, get, they act like we're their number one, they're speaking to the future, and then all of a sudden, cold. Maybe they ghost, maybe they distance, right? In the language of relating, they 
call things distancing tactics, things that we do and say that create space when the closeness becomes too overwhelming for our system. So in attachment theory, we would think of the people who distance are avoidant, right? So when you think about attachment, I'll give you a simple little breakdown and just a simple background. So attachment is basically a radar that you have, and it is constantly measuring and assessing the safety and security of relationships in your life. It doesn't have to be romantic relationships. It's all the relationships in your life. You're always doing this. There's a great podcast episode with Sylvie Kokashin, and she has a great course called Attachment 101 that's all about it. But make sure you listen to it. We'll link the episode in the show notes. So in terms of attachment, it's based on research that was done. It looked at a mom and a baby and how they interacted. So mom would leave the room, mom would come back, and then they looked at how baby responded to mom leaving and coming back. So the first one, mom leaves, mom comes back, baby's distressed, doesn't want to leave mom's side. So you could see there's this underlying thought that if you leave, I don't trust you're going to come back, so I'm going to stick to you, right? That's anxious attachment. Mom leaves, mom comes back, baby's like, didn't even notice you were gone, like no big deal. That's avoidant attachment. Physiologically, that baby's body is responding in the same way as the anxiously attached child. Instead of expressing as trying to maintain closeness, it's acting aloof. It's acting like it's creating distance. So the third type, mom leaves, mom comes back, baby reunites with mom and then goes back to playing. I trust mom, secure attachment. A sort of defining characteristic of secure attachment is my partner's needs matter as much as my own, not more than my own, anxious attachment, not less than my own, avoidant attachment. So the way I like to simplify this, just for the understanding, because this is, attachment theory is such a simple framework in order for you to understand how you relate to other people and what is the template that you learned in terms of attachment. Like, could you trust the people who you were meant to be able to trust when you were young? Now, your attachment as a child correlates to your attachment as an adult. Here's the good news. You can change your attachment style. You can become secure. They call it earned secure. So you can become secure. Now, a beautiful guiding question you can ask yourself when you're in relating experiences, if I had secure attachment, what would I do in this moment? If I loved me, what would I do in this moment? If I had my own back, what would I do in this moment? And that's how through these small shifts in behavior, we create giant shifts in the way we relate. It's the beauty of it. Now, attachment styles show up, again, as I said, in all your relationships. In avoidant attachment and anxious attachment, think about it this way. Avoidantly attached people are afraid of closeness. They need space. Anxiously attached people don't like space. So we have to think about it in terms of our relationship to the space between us and another. Okay. So let's get back to this behavior. One day, acting like a boyfriend. Next day, cold. First off, the coldness, if it's not ghosting, it's just I'm not messaging back anymore. It seems like maybe a bit intentional. Or they're saying things, these distancing tactics, like I did this to Kai when we first started dating. I was resolving my avoidance and fear of closeness. And I said to her, she was expressing something exciting about the future. Like, oh, I can't wait to travel here or visit this with you. And I was like, well, let's get to the third date or whatever the date number was. Let's get to the third date first. Like, let's not. And I could tell I totally took the air out of our relationship tires. I like, I took the momentum out in that moment. And I could tell what I was doing was trying to protect myself from being too excited about her and protect her from having too much excitement about me because 
I might let her down or I might hurt her or whatever it might be. And I am immediately apologized and said, I'm so sorry. That was an avoidant distancing tactic. I did that to create space because I'm afraid of closeness. Now, I didn't always have this awareness. I I can understand this question from this TikTok girl because I was afraid of closeness. I was terrified of getting too close to people. So I would treat them as if I wanted them as a girlfriend because deep down I actually did. And you might be listening to this from the place where you've had someone go hot cold, but you could be the person who goes hot cold. So let me speak to that pathology of where this comes from for both sides of this, which is generally it's someone who has a deep desire for relationship, who actually wants one. But there's an injury correlated to intimacy and closeness that has not yet been resolved. I had not resolved yet that when I got close to people, I felt like I was going to get hurt. Unconsciously, there was a story in my mind that I didn't know was ruling my life, which is when I get close to people and I love them, they hurt me. When I get close to people and I love them, I lose myself. I can't trust myself. So the thing that I would do is control the depth of intimacy by things like language and distance and also only being into casual relationships. If you're only into casual one-night stand type of relationships, it's usually to maintain, experience the feeling of being desired, experience arousal. That's beautiful stuff, right? Getting to experience intimacy, closeness, love, connection, but then having an out, right? Like having an exit plan, having a, you get to say, well, I wasn't looking for anything serious. So, you know, it's on you. If you haven't heard me talk about Cozy Earth Sheets before, let me tell you, I'm about to introduce you to the greatest sheets you will ever have touch your body. Anytime someone comes to our house and stays in our guest room, they always want to know what is the bed situation? What are the sheets that we have? Their sheets, their comforters, their duvets, everything is magic. Their bedding is naturally breathable. It's temperature regulating. It's so damn soft. It's ethically sourced viscose from bamboo. It's incredible. And the brand was featured on Oprah's favorite things but before that it was featured on Mark's favorite things like I discovered this brand years ago before I ever even chatted with them about being a sponsor for the podcast and because I love their product so much I asked for an exclusive offer for you and you get 40% off site-wide and now they have pajamas they have like loungewear so not only do you get to wrap yourself in the experience of the sheets as clothing but you then get to get into the bed in that so you're like double wrapped and so all you got to do to save 40% off site-wide is use the code groves at checkout so just my last name g-r-o-v-e-s so go to cozyearth.com C-O-Z-Y-E-A-R-T-H dot com and use the code Groves and you get 40% off all their products. So let's talk more specifically again about this detail, which when we're afraid of closeness that I want love and connection and I distance is because we don't know how to control the depth ourselves yet. This is for the avoidant person. We haven't sat with the pain that lives in the space that we haven't garnered the wisdom from. So this might be true for you, regardless of, you might be married, you might be in a long relationship, and there's hurts that you haven't cleared yet between you and the other person or you and previous people that it's now living in this connection. And so as soon as there's closeness, we push away. As what we really need to do is to explore what caused the push away, what caused the hurt, so we can garner the wisdom from the pain and the experience. Now, Let's go to the other side, which is how do you date in the world today when there is this type of behavior? Now, I'm going to give you some strategies 
And listen, you can use all the strategies in the world. And there are seriously some people who are pretty manipulative and can lie their way all the way to the end. So it's not going to prevent every single experience, but I'm going to give you some strategies that allow you to at least read more into the behaviors and, you know, preserve and protect yourself in the dating process. So the first part is look in the dating process for clarity on what they're looking for. If you hear things like, I just go with the flow, well, where are you flowing towards, bro? Like, where are you going? Like, what, if you were flowing, where would you end up? Would you end up in a monogamous relationship, married, kids, whatever you are looking for? Get very clear on what you want and get clear and ask early about what they want. Because if you're going to give up your time and attention to somebody and you're going to go for coffee with them, you should find out before you're doing that if they're actually aligned. Like, why waste your damn time? You know, you can go text with a friend. You don't need more friends, or maybe you do need more friends. But either way, you want to text with someone who doesn't even, isn't even clear about what they want, and you're going to go waste your time with them when you are clear about what you want. Now, here's the other thing. If you're not clear about what you want, then you'll date and you'll accept anything because you're not clear on what you're actually looking for. Sometimes we don't want to declare what we're looking for because we're afraid we're going to be disappointed, but then we end up living in disappointment because we're constantly accommodating other people's desires. So you also want to look for where did you learn to accommodate other people's desires to maintain connection and relationship? Usually that's from childhood. So look for, is there a lack of clarity on what they're looking for? If they're saying go with the flow, where's it flowing to? And if it's just, I take it day by day, I'm not a day by day. I mean, I get it. You can allow a relationship to unfold, but where are you unfolding to? People know. They know. And if you're just there to have fun and that's actually what your flow is, is right now I'm just here to have fun. I actually don't know what I want and I know right now it's not a committed relationship. So get clear on that. There's no shaming what everyone desires. It's just be honest about what you desire. And that means us ourselves in the dating process declaring it and dating as if everything we're choosing is moving us towards that. That distancing strategy, right? So pay attention to distancing tactics. The hot, cold, the up and down. You know, there's, I, I like to say that it's a giant red flag when there's a mismatch of behavior and words. So really pay attention to where is your body starting to be like, oh my God, like they said this, but they're doing this. Now, often you'll hear the sort of colloquial terminology about this is, believe people's words, not actions, or believe actions over words, right? We all have different ways of saying this. No, don't actually. Whenever there's a mismatch, giant orange slash red flag, whenever there's a mismatch, get more clarity on why there's a mismatch. Because that is a classic symptom of somebody who is avoidant, who has not resolved the experience of how to be close with somebody and not lose themselves, not take over, you know, take responsibility for other people's feelings, all that kind of stuff. It's a classic symptom of that being unresolved when they're hot cold, when the words don't match the actions, right? So you just want to really be mindful of that. Also, you want to look for where were you taught that connection of any kind to another person is more important than the connection to yourself. Because when we're accommodating ambivalence, it's because we learned somewhere to accommodate ambivalence. Was our parent hot cold? Did we learn that you know we had to uh, accommodate their sort of like inability to be close and then push away or their lack of capacity for intimacy? Did we witness that in their relationships? 
So you want to look for where did you learn to accommodate ambivalence? How was that normalized in your life and in your relationships? When you were a child, did you experience hot cold from a parent? Did you experience a lack of clarity or you didn't know where you fit, right? When we can get to the source of it, we can start to see where it came from. And then we can start to make changes in our behavior. Now, when we could take responsibility for the fact that we tolerate ambivalence, that means that if you tolerate ambivalence, it means you have to create the belief in yourself that you're worthy of being someone that someone is ambivalent about. Hear that again. When you tolerate ambivalence and hot cold from someone, you have to formulate the belief in yourself that you are the type of person that someone should be hot, cold, and ambivalent about. So when you're the one who seeks clarity, instead of constantly waiting for other people to give you clarity, right? That's the growing. That's the changing. Where do you tolerate and let other people decide your life and create clarity in your life? Where else in your life are you ambivalent? Where else in your life do you not make choices? Do you kind of sit in the hot, cold? Because when you can identify it in yourself, you'll be able to identify it in others. When you make it a behavior that is no longer tolerated in yourself, you won't tolerate it in others. So that is a really important aspect of this is that when you step out of that ambivalence in your own personal life, in the spaces of like what dreams you want to pursue, what job you want, what things you want to create, where you want to go, what you want to do, you'll start to see these seeds of like that recognition of the ambivalence of you and you start to get clarity. You start to create clarity, right? The healing of other people creating it for you. Where did you learn that? Where did you learn that other people had better ideas and directions for your life? This is about you claiming your life, taking responsibility for it, what kind of relationships you want to create, and what, where is this behavior showing up in other areas? Because if it's showing up relating that you tolerate ambivalence from other people, it means you tolerate it from yourself. Where can you be discerning and make choices about your own life and what you want where do you tolerate ambivalence from other people as well? Because it could be family, could be friends, could be whoever. And how do you create clarity in those circumstances? What you learn to do is lower the tolerance that you have for ambivalence because that creates anxiety, right? And that you get to choose your life. Now, the last thing that I forgot to say earlier is a good way to seed out or weed out is the right term these people is to hold back the booty. That's true. I mean, that's just true. If you hold off giving up the booty, a lot of the times the people who have that lack of capacity for closeness and want relationship, they won't wait long enough. And the closeness, the intimacy, the sex, the whatever, will actually often cause their nervous system to get overwhelmed and they'll distance. And I'm sure lots of people have experienced that. You are intimate with someone and then all of a sudden they ghost or they withdraw because they don't have the capacity to closeness. We could talk more about that another time. We'll also put a link in the show notes to an episode I did that's all about ghosting. Now, if you're the distancer, I want to finish on this. I want you to look at where did that behavior come into your life that you couldn't trust people that you were meant to be able to trust, people that you were meant to be able to have closeness with. And when you got close to them, there were injuries. Maybe there was inconsistency in their behavior. Maybe there were betrayals. Maybe there was abuse. But you start to look at when I got close to people that I was supposed to be able to love and trust, they hurt me. So now I want to be able to love and trust people and I want to create relationships, but it's just like something in my body. I can't name it. I just need to 
ick, right? It's like an ick. I want to get away. And, and so we need to be able to explore where did that come from? Now, another show that we'll link out is to Sarah Baldwin's episode that we did on the nervous system and attachment theory. I explored attachment theory at the start of this. That dives more into how the nervous system correlates to attachment. And there's also a separate episode from her just on the nervous system. So with all that said, listen, this is a common dating behavior that we're talking about. And um, we're talking about this hot cold. Why do I tolerate cold? right? Why do I tolerate inconsistencies? And we can't take care of someone else's side of the street, but we can take care of ours. So this is the invitation to you to explore. How are you a match to these ambivalent people? How can you get more clarity in your own life and what you desire? And where are you missing red flags early, right? And how can you be more discerning in the dating process so that you can ensure that you find someone who is available to love too. And as you do these things, you actually increase your availability for love and someone who actually can choose you and wants what you want. And in order to find that, you have to become that. You have to model the behavior that will attract someone like that. So, so much love in your relating life. And if you really love this episode of the podcast, please share it, leave a five-star review, a written review. Those are so helpful. Much love. Bye. 